You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Match either we win or we learn, and today we learn. Abdacha, Austin, Shabakizabi. It's in field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Bella. Onside, 1 0. Blue Bass shot. Oh my word. It's unbelievable. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope you enjoy it. And, um, you know, I don't often say it, but you know, there are a number of things that you can do when you listen to this podcast. Uh, I like to, to listen to the podcast while I wash the dishes or fold the laundry or, or clean out the garage or work in the backyard. Some people like to just kind of sit on the couch and relax or sit outside and relax and do it. Um, sometimes I listen while I'm driving, often, you know, to work. And sometimes if I want to pretend like I'm Danny Ings, I get on my bike. Um, but just wanted to say congratulations to Danny Ings on his first senior goal for England, what a goal it was, but we're not really going to talk about that this week. This week, uh, we are bringing you the first ever collaboration between the Saints Archive, the new partner of the show, um, and and this show. And, and this week, we have our first ever Total Recall show that uh, is original. Uh, this one has never been aired before. This is the only place you are going to hear it. And uh, I'm very proud and humbled to have had this opportunity to work with Will and Leon of the Saints Archive and also to have spoken to this week's guest, Malcolm Waldron. Um, if you don't know anything about Malcolm, maybe you weren't around in the late 70s and early 80s, but he was around the team then. He was playing for the team then. He's a player of the season uh, in the early 80s, came over to the United States. But you'll learn all about Malcolm um, during our conversation, which you will hear very shortly. But because I had never seen Malcolm play, and I could only you know find to read, there are only so many things you can find to read about him, um, and Leon had, Leon remembers watching him play. I wanted to talk to Leon first and kind of set up the, the interview for you with him. So, uh, in just a moment, we're going to jump to my conversation with Leon, where we will set up, um, the conversation that we will have with Malcolm. All three of us were on the phone or four of us, if you, if you count Malcolm. So it was, it was Leon, Will, both of the Saints archive and myself, as well as Malcolm. Uh, we called him once. And went to voicemail, and there was a collective kind of, oh no, what have we done? Um, we planned a whole episode around talking to a former professional who's now sent us to voicemail. Um, but uh, we called back, and he answered. And there was a, a collective sigh of relief, a little bit of joy. And then we got on with the conversation. So uh, we'll get to that in just a second. But when I talked to Leon, because Leon had seen him play uh, during his time at Saints, um, you know, I, I asked him afterwards, and I wasn't recording at this point because... You know, uh, I'm an idiot. That's one of the things, if you're going to host a podcast, you should kind of just keep the tape running just in case you get something really good. Um, but Leon, Leon, I asked Leon, how would you describe him? Describe his play. Uh, what, what was it? And, and the word that came to mind was majestic. So 
uh, think about that as you listen to, to Malcolm. I, I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. So now here's my conversation with Leon, and it'll flow directly into our conversation with Malcolm. And uh, special thanks again to the Saints Archive for all of the work they have done. If you're not following them, you're not a member of the community on Facebook, uh, be sure to do that. Links are in the show notes. And uh, thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you on the other side. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, one of the members of the Saints Archive, one of the founding members and, and a man that does a lot of the interviews and um, I guess hooks us up with a lot of the uh, former Saints who will, you will hear uh, during the Total Recall segment. Uh, but Leon Burton, thank you for joining the show. And it's a pleasure to talk to you a little bit ahead of us airing the interview uh, with Malcolm Waldron. So welcome to the show. Yeah, pleasure to talk to you again, Matt. Um, so what I wanted to do here is just, you know, you were, you had the, I guess, uh, the pleasure of watching Malcolm play uh, prior to, to, you know, us talking to him and his career took place uh, quite a long time ago, long before I was a Saints fan. And dare I say long before my dad, I was, a, <laughs> I was only a twinkle in my father's eye at that point. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to ask you first, maybe some of the newer Saints fans who will be listening to this show, um, you know, what do you remember? I mean, he, he comes to the team uh, kind of late seventies, early eighties. And, and, and I guess, you know, just after the cup final, he, he's around the reserves at that point and then into mm. the first team after that. But, but what do you remember mm. about, about Malcolm Waldron and, and his time at Saints? Yeah, well, um, I remember the first time I saw him play when he, he got into the first team. Um, he was this tall, gangly lad. He's about six foot one, six foot two. Um, he looked really gangly, had great long legs, um, had this baby face. And he's, I thought, crikey, you know, is he going to play at centre-back? He, he looked, you know, sort of, not sort of weak, but sort of fragile. Um, but once you start started seeing him play, he was very strong on the ball, very strong in the tackle. Um, he liked to play the ball out from the back, uh, a lot like the players these days, actually. So, in actual fact, Matt, he, he, he could have well have played um, in today's game, really. Do you think he, his, his style of play might have suited today's game a little bit better than it did? Because and, and, once again, I, I wasn't watching football in the, in the 70s or the 80s, and I have this kind of perception of, of people lumping it back and forth, but it, it wasn't always like that. But he was definitely, uh, would you say he was maybe ahead of his time in terms of the way he liked to play? Yeah, he was ahead of his time. Um, he actually went on to win one um, England B cap, uh, obviously. Um, and also we, there was talk about him at the time of actually going on to be a future England player. That's how good he was at the time. Um, but he has he played with some great, great players around him at that time, if you remember. He had the Shannons, uh, the Osgoods and the McCallioggs. So he, he was playing in a good team, which make, makes you a better player, doesn't it? Um, I think Alan Ball was... Um, his captain um, at the time as well. So he would have learned things off Alan Ball. So it would have been a big learning curve for him as well. And I guess what stands out most to you about his game, was it the, the bringing the ball out of the back or was it the way he, um, you know, just his, his, the way he looked? Because the way you describe him, it's not unlike how I would describe somebody like, like Musa Janepo potentially in just terms of uh, the long legs and kind of the gangly looking. Um, but, 
but he was obviously uh, taller um, and and obviously uh, he's he's whiter <laughs> because he's not, yeah. you know, but um, is that what stands out or what's what's what stands out to you when you think about his career? Yeah, well, I mean, like, like I said, he didn't look like a center half, you know, when you first saw him play. Um, but, you know, once he once he made a few tackles, he was strong there tackle. He could go in hard. Um, and like I said, he, he could play the ball out quite easily. He was very comfortable on the ball. Um, and also at that time, I, he played most of his matches with um, Chris Nichol, who was a very experienced centre-half. And, um, of course, as you know, Chris Nichol went on to be the Saints manager. So he mm. would have learned a lot from Chris Nichol as well at the time. All right, all right. Uh, and, and in Malcolm's career, we'll discuss uh, with him. He goes, you know, from Saints uh, over to the United States and comes back, uh, winds up down the road. But we won't discuss all of that. Uh, we'll spend mm-hmm. too much time on that. But um, I guess when you think about for somebody who hasn't watched, you know, the Saints team play at that point, just after they win the cup. And then kind of the, that few seasons after, like what, what was the mood around Saints? Kind of what do you remember about the team and the feeling around the team at that point? Yeah, of course, when they won the cup, um, they were still in their second division, um, what we call the championship now. So the league below the Premier League, if you like. So Laurie had to form a, a, another team as such to get the club into the old first division. So really, had, he had to break up the old cup final team um, Jimmy Calliog went, Jim Steele went, Pete Oswald went. So he had to build a new team, and Malcolm was part of this new team. Um, and after a, a couple of seasons, 78, 79, they finally got promoted and also, um, of course, played in the 1979 League Cup when they played Nottingham Forest, but unfortunately lost 3 2 to them on the day. That's when Brian Clough was the manager of Nottingham Forest at the time. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think I think that gives enough context to to Malcolm's career, and we kind of understand where he's coming into the team, and, and him being part of that new squad that's going to you know seek promotion and and do those things. And he eventually wins Player of the Season, that which we'll discuss with him uh, shortly. But uh, Leon, I just want to say thank you for your hard work and and getting Malcolm and so many of the other guests over the Total Recall segments. Um, on board with this and and sharing your kind of your memories of of, of his time and uh, thanks for sharing them with me. Thank you very much, Matt. Thank you. Welcome, Malcolm. <laughs> At last, we tried to try to get you on the podcast for quite a while now, so we've eventually got you. So we, <laughs> I'm not that elusive. <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate your your time as well. So. No it's a strange coincidence this afternoon, about 20 minutes ago, uh, one of your biggest fans uh, messaged me from Austria, Julie Dreamfields, <laughs> and I said, well, I can't really talk to you at the moment because I have yeah. to do a podcast with Malcolm. So hello, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> I said I would mention her name, so no, I've, I've done that now. <laughs> fair so. enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, we'll just start off with a, a couple of questions. Um, yeah. Nothing, nothing hard at all. Or so. Um, okay. So looking back at uh, your history, um, I've got that you yep. played, played 217 times for Saints. Uh, round about that, I think, yeah, I've never really been into the statistics too much because statistics weren't around in those days, really, were they? But slightly are now. But, um, but yeah, some, somewhere around that number, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, so you were born and bred in um, Emsworth near Portsmouth. I was born in Emsworth, yep, lived in a place called Bedhampton, which is near Haven. Uh, just down the road from there. Yeah, no, that's that's where I came from originally. 
So you, you could have actually signed for Portsmouth at, at the time, couldn't you? But um, I, actually, back- I actually couldn't, I don't think, because they, they didn't have a youth policy at the time. I think they started it the year after I'd um, signed for Southampton, I think. How did it sort of come about you signing for Southampton? Sort of tell us a brief story, yeah. really. No, I was I was playing playing. I think for because um, obviously you have your own school team, and then you your your upgrade from that is when you play for like. Well, whereas I did, I played for Haven't Schools, uh, which is like the area, and we played teams like Portsmouth, Southampton, and people like that, Fareham, uh, what have you. And um, a couple of um, Southampton scouts, um, Stan Cripp and uh, Tom Parker. Uh, they actually spotted me playing when I was playing for having schools up at Waterlooville against Portsmouth schools, I think it was. And um, they spotted me there. And then eventually, after about a week or so, chasing me down, because didn't have mobile phones in those days. No. <laughs> so so um, they spotted me um, there. And then they came around to see uh, me and my parents at, at our house in Bedhampton. And uh, all sort of went on from there. I signed and then... Used to go down every Thursday night for training down at the, the old Dell in the gym and uh, sort of went on from there, really. Just quickly, before I head over to Will, mm. I've got to ask you this mm. question. It's a very important mm. question. Was you mm-hmm. a, was your dad a Portsmouth supporter and was you a Portsmouth supporter? Um, I wish I was ever a supporter. Obviously, because that was the local team, I used to go down there several times and, and watch them play and things like that. But... As soon as Southampton came along, I didn't have, I didn't even give Portsmouth a thought. To be honest, I, I signed for Southampton. I never even, never even gave it a thought. It wasn't until well, afterwards I realised that they didn't even have a youth team. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, but now I was more than pleased to sign for Southampton. So. Excellent. I think Will's got a couple of questions. Um, hand you over to Will. Yeah, okay. right. Well, I'm glad that you um, answered the, that previous question really well, there, Malcolm. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite impressed. So. Uh, yeah, you soon cemented, obviously, your place within the first team, playing the likes of Shannon, Ball, Osgood, yep. uh, McCallieog, who's been uh, on the uh, Total yep. Saints podcast as well. Yeah, and, Jim, and obviously yeah. Didn't yeah. Show. Um, yeah. What are your memories of these guys and playing amongst them? Um, I, think I'm, I think if I remember rightly, I made my debut in 75, I think it was, um, before the actual um, FA Cup final. But I think I only played a couple of games and I was still only about 17 then, I think, something like that. And... Um, but yeah, I mean, once once I did get in the first team, uh, which I think was sort of 70, 77, round about there, um, just after the cup, yeah, after the cup final, really, uh, that season afterwards. And yeah, I mean, it was it was a great experience because you know you you learn from all the, all the time. You learn from watching them play. You learn from training for, with them, and you also learn from them when they're in the changing room, things like that, things they say, and and what have you. You know, so yeah, it was a really good learning curve for me. And uh, you know, it was it was great and a pleasure to play alongside players like that. Yeah, I mean, we we've had Dave Puckett on uh, one of the shows as oh, well. Yeah. Um, he yeah, he yeah. in particular spoke quite fondly, particularly of uh, Alan Ball, and um, yeah, he's sure, got a yeah, story yeah. about getting his jacket yeah. off of him as well, which uh, is is quite a popular story. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it must have been. I mean, we look back on that, and it was a, it almost feels like a golden era of you know for Saints. Yeah, of some well, it was when they, quality it was, players. Yeah. yeah, it was it was it was a time when. You know, Laurie was getting in players that were, you know, that was sort of a star quality, so to speak. You know, Shannon Ball, Keegan, people like that. Uh, Keegan obviously came a little bit later, but um, yeah, it, it, it was it was a good time. And you know, um, having a team like that with a lot of ex-internationals or current internationals in the squad, you know, you used to get good trips abroad and things like that. And that sort of 
brought the teams together, the team together as well, which was great because we went on good trips away. And um, yeah, it was it was it was a good time. I think to be to be a footballer and be a footballer at Southampton as well. Played over fifty games in the seventy eight seventy nine season, I believe, uh, in which you were voted uh, Saints Player of the Season. Uh, that must have been yep. an immensely proud moment for you. Well, it was. It was. It was a massive moment for me because, yeah, as you say, I, I played every single game that year. I'm not sure exactly how many it was in total, but um, but yeah, it, it was. It was my best season, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. It's Southampton, you know, and I sort of established myself inside. Uh, we got to the League Cup final that year as well, and uh, I think we had quite a good run in the FA Cup as well. To be fair, um, but yeah, it was. It was. It was a good time, and um, you know, I'd like to think I deserved it. I don't know, but other people will probably say different. But um, but yeah, it really was a good time. And now I know Leon probably kicking himself that he wants to ask this question but I'm going to steal it off of him before handing back because <laughs> um, I think he already knows the answer but I don't so, I don't want um, you guys fighting now <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll fight off air later but um, um, yeah. how did you get the nickname Bambi I have not got the slightest clue I, I, assume, I assume it was because I had long legs and maybe one day I did the splits or something like that I don't know but um, I, I think I think what it was long legs I guess I think what it was, Malcolm, was, yeah, you had um, long legs, legs naturally, yeah. and um, but yeah. you had sort of a baby face as well, and that's why you that this <laughs> nickname come about. Okay, I'll, I'll go with that one then. I'll go with that one. <laughs> Matt, have you got anything to, to say from the other side of the water? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a question kind of uh, about that season when you were voted player of the season. Yeah. Would you say it was a, a, due to a couple of standout performances, or was it just kind of your consistency or or what do you remember about that season that made it different? Um, I can, to be honest, I can remember when, when they sort of flash up on Saints archive and things like that, different games, I, I can sort of remember all the games, uh, which is just quite good, I suppose, with, uh, for memory wise in my age at the end of the day. But, um, but now I remember I scored, scored a few goals as well, which wasn't bad for a um, defender. Um, but but now I think it was probably consistency more than anything. You know, I, I I think it was only the first game uh, when I played right back, and I think Mike Pickering played centre half, and then after that, um, I I played every single game as number six. And um, Chris Nickel and I formed a good partnership, and uh, we I think we went something like six games with um, no goals scored against us, which I think at the time was a record for Southampton. Probably still is, I don't know, <laughs> but. Um, so yeah, so I, I think it was probably consistency more than anything. I wouldn't say there was any massive standout performances. Um, I think probably one of the best games I played was probably the um, semi-final against Leeds in the League Cup uh, at home. Um, I can remember everyone saying after the game how well I played, blah blah blah, etc. But uh, it, it sort of goes goes with the blur, really. Sometimes, you know. But um, but no, I think that was probably it. that was definitely the best season anyway, Southampton, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, so um, moving on, I mean, we've got um, uh, a question which uh, would be uh, mm-hmm. of interest to our, our good friend across the pond there about your time with the Washington Diplomats. Um, oh, I know, yeah. yeah. I, know Le- I know Leon's probably eager to ask you about <laughs> no. the connections yeah, there as well. No. Um, yeah, because uh, I think what happened, how at the time, is you had a couple of bad injuries, didn't you? Tore my Achilles tendon, yeah. yeah. Tore my Achilles tendon and was out for about six months before I went there. And, and that's um, where they sent you over to Washington Diplomats, wasn't it? Because yeah, I went they... to Washington uh, on loan for six months, it was. And I had an unbelievable time there. Um, and I, I was very lucky. I took all the free kicks, 
took all the penalties and I think I scored 15 goals in about 20 odd games. Who, who did like you that, 25 who, what, games. What, what other players did you play with over there, Malcolm? Okay, mainly uh, Trevor Hebbard came with me um, from Southampton mm-hmm. and um, we had Johan Christ played for a while. He, he came back to Washington halfway through the season, which was a great experience to play with him, even though he was at the end of his career. Um, you know, you learned so many different things from it. It was unbelievable. Um, but um, who else was there? Um, Ross Jenkins, who used to play at Watford. Um, yes. Eddie Calhoun, uh, Sheffield United. Jim Brown. Jim Brown was the goalkeeper. Um, he was at Sheffield United or Wednesday. I'm not sure which one. Um, who else did we have? Let's have a think. Uh, another another guy was a really good little player, but wasn't that known over here. Is a chap called David Bradford. Uh, I think he was at Blackburn for a while, and uh, finally play, he played a lot of seasons over in uh, over in Washington as well. And there was a few American kids as well because uh, you had to have so many American players in the team at the same time. But yeah, I, I ended up top scorer, I think, in the end, <laughs> mm. <laughs> which is quite they- good. I think they actually wanted to keep you, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they tried to buy me. They tried to buy me, but um, apparently my wages were too high. But um, I'm not sure about that. (laughs) (laughs) Not not these days. (laughs) No, 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 not these days, no. So what what happened, Malcolm? Just explain to us what happened when when you came back to Saints. I flew back on the Thursday, um, I think it was, um, before the start of the season. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave Watson had an injury. And uh, I went straight into the team. I think I was still jet-lagged at the time. Um, I think it was Nottingham Forest away. It was the first game of the season. Don't quote me on that. But, um, mm. but yeah, I went straight into the team and played um, all the way through that season till about, I think, uh, February, possibly somewhere around there. And then I, I, either I got an injury. I think I may have had a knee injury or something like that. So I was out for a while. And, um, yeah, but no, no, I had a great time in, Wash- in Washington. It was really good. Um, you know, but um, it was obviously unfortunate as well that I think the Washington Diplomats folded after that that season, and uh, they'd only had one season as that franchise, I believe. So, but um, but no, it was a good experience, great experience. You mentioned a lot of the players that you got to play with uh, over here in, yeah. in, in America. Yeah. And, and at that point, I I think the game is a lot different. Um, my real question then is is what was the big difference between playing in America and playing uh, in, in the UK? Was the was it the level that was different, or um, was it just the the stadiums, or, or what what, um, what stands out to you? I think I think yeah, the stadiums. I mean, obviously the stadiums were massive. The ones we played in. I mean, when I was at Washington, obviously we played at RFK, which obviously is not used anymore. Um, I think the biggest biggest one I noticed was when we played in Dallas, uh, an away game in Dallas, and I think there was three thousand people in the uh, Texas Stadium, <laughs> which made it look a little bit empty. Um, but no, I think the standard, I think at that time was was pretty good um, because you know you had some top players. I mean, the first game, if I remember rightly, when I went out there, I think we played Fort Lauderdale, and um, you had Carlos Alberto and Gert Muller. Um, in the opposite type team, you know, so um, you had some, you had some good players you were playing against. I think I, I missed Pele by about a year, um, but he did, did see me score one of my best goals. He was walking <laughs> around giant stadium. I think when I, I hit a, uh, I can't remember if it was a free kick or just from open play. I'm not sure, but it, it curled right in the bottom corner. And um, I, I didn't see him applaud, but because uh, it was against Cosmos. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, but yeah, there was there was some very very good players out there at the time. Most of them at the end of their career, to be fair. But um, I think the standard probably then was better. And I hate to say it, than what it probably is now. 
um, you know, in the States. You haven't got so many star players out there now, I don't think, is what you did have in, when I played out there in 81. Yeah, I, I definitely think that that is the case. And um, it, it's mm. not dissimilar in terms of players at the end of their career coming over, but it seems like now mm. no, they get no. they get kind of drowned out a little bit. And uh, eh. Yeah, sure. Well, well, the other sports are massive, aren't they, as well? That's the thing out there. But, yes, um, yes. And what was the, I mean, was, was the travel a lot more difficult? Because you're used to traveling around England and, and in the United States, you know, we... Yeah, everything everywhere, is everywhere we went, yeah. we flew. Everywhere we went, we flew. Yeah, I don't think there was one game that we went to that we didn't fly. Even New York, we flew. Um, I don't think, yeah, there wasn't one game. But sometimes you'd have two or three games on the drop when you were away. You know, like maybe uh, Portland, San Francisco, obviously, and the Los Angeles team as well. Um, they were all sort of, you know, maybe one road trip at the end of the day. You played three away games. So you were away for about a week and a half, something like that. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously... Once you'd returned back to the UK, uh, you were, I yeah. believe, shortly transferred to Burnley for uh, a few quid, uh, where you met, uh, was it, where John Bond was the manager? Uh, yeah, I, I think believe- that, that, was, that was quite a bit after I came back from the States. I mean, I think I was, I don't think that was till about 83, was it? I think I went there, Burnley, maybe a bit later. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I I'd had a, I mean, I was amazed, actually, to be fair, that I got through the medical for Burnley because I had a knee injury at the time and um, I managed to get through the medical. I don't know. And it was that knee injury that eventually finished my career. So with the knee injury itself, I mean, was that off, off mm. the back of an operation that probably should have gone a little bit better or was it just because of the area it was on? <laughs> yeah. uh, it was, it was, it was an operation that should have got, yeah, it was, it was obviously a weakness in my knee. And um, I went to Burnley. Am I allowed to mention Portsmouth on State's archive? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's <laughs> then, all right. Then I, I stayed, I, I played, I played, played with John Bond for what, six months. And I think I played every position except for, Except for my own position, I played on the right wing. I played midfield. I don't know where else I played, but I never, very rarely ever played in the middle of the back four. I, I spent quite a bit of time in all fairness on the treatment table with Mickey Phelan, who obviously went on to to do great things in his career as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, it it was it was a strange time, and um, I'd moved into a house for one day, and um, got transferred back down to Portsmouth for the next day. So. Um, yeah, you ended, up actually for, you ended up playing for Alan Ball at Portsmouth, didn't you? I did, yeah. Yeah, well, Alan, was, Alan instigated me to come back down. I did, I, I believe, well, I did have an offer from Brighton to go there, but I, I think um, I heard it was blocked by Southampton. I don't know why, because I think Brighton must, were Brighton in the same league at that time? I'm not sure. Um, so they were happy for me to go to Portsmouth, but not to go to Brighton for one reason or another. Hmm. But, Are you uh, st- still in contact with any ex-Saints players now, Malcolm? Um, a few, a few, yeah. No, there's a few. I mean, you know, there's a few on Saints Archive, obviously, that I talked to, Terry Curran being one. Um, but yeah, no, I've, some of the younger lads, you know, we had a get-together about two, two and a half years ago that Ruben Agbula organised up, up at the uh, up at St Mary's, which was good, you know, to catch up with people and everything like that. But uh, yeah, we come across each other every now and then, but not face-to-face mm. normally, you know. No, no. Um, so what do you think of the the situation now, Malcolm, with all this COVID going on and the football, no, no attendances at football? It's, it's hard, isn't it? It's, it? it's difficult to know. I, you, you, only, you can only assume it is the right thing to do at the end of the day because, I mean, by the sounds of what was announced today, it's, it's starting to get worse again. But uh, it is a shame because I, I worry more about not teams like Southampton and that, but I worry more about the lower teams, mm. you know, the other leagues and whether they'll be able to carry on. 
mm. um, because obviously, you know, the, their their lifeblood is the gate money every week, you know, where teams yes. like in the Premier League, that isn't necessarily their lifeblood all the time. Um, but, um, you know, they have other things like sponsorship, et cetera. But it is worrying, it's, and it's worrying how quickly they can get crowds back. You know, I know they started doing it in other parts of the world, but they're not really letting that many people in. You know, if you only let maybe 2,000 people into a ground like St. Mary's, one, it still looks empty, and two, you don't make much money out of that. So, you no. know, how long it can go on, I really don't know. I hope it, I hope obviously it does, for the sake of, you know, a lot of the lower teams as well. Yeah. So, because that's where the, the lifeblood, lifeblood comes from, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about money there, and obviously with the, the players on these fantastic wages now these days, <laughs> yeah. especially in the, yeah. in the Premier League. Do you yeah. wish you were sort of played a, in this period of time now with all the financial um, rewards? Yeah, of, of course you do for the money. Yeah, I mean, I'd be stupid to say any any different. But I, I love the, the era that I played in because I think it, it was real. Do you know what I mean? I think nowadays things are a little bit false. Obviously, you've got a lot of foreign players over here and people say they've come just for the money. If they have, they have, you know. At the end of the day, if someone offered me two hundred thousand pound a week uh, to play for someone, I think I'd probably snap their hands off. So, absolutely, um, absolutely. You can't, you can't really blame you can't really blame the players because it's not them that are pushing the money side of it. It's the people that sponsor and it's the people that run the clubs, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to make sure they have the best team. Mm, um, mm. But um, but no, I love the era I played in. You know, it was it was. It was genuine, if you know what I mean. And I'm not saying what happens today isn't genuine, but it was, you know, blood and thunder, wasn't it, all the time? Yeah. Just about, you know, and the pitches. I mean, I looked at one of the pitches we played on YouTube the other day, and you just think, my God, how did we play on that compared, <laughs> compared to the carpets they play on now? You just think, you know. And it's difficult to say. What, what type of player would you have been if, mm. if you'd played now? I don't know. You know, I'd like to think I'd I'd have done very well, but uh, I, I think I think you I think you would have fitted in playing these days. Yeah. Actually, the way you know. the way the way the game's played now, I I didn't like whacking the ball upfield and things like that. You know, I would rather play it to someone or play a bit myself or whatever. So um, I'd like to think, uh, yeah, I would like to think I would have coped with today's game. You yeah, know, probably, quick as well, so that that'll help. We probably would have needed you yesterday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. I've got to be honest. I didn't see the game. But I was following it because I was out. I was following it on um, on mm. uh, the uh, Sky Sports and everything. And, you know, I thought, well, at the start of it, you know, I thought, God, this is, they're going to get a good result here. And mm. then I looked again and it was like 4-1 four, four or 4-2, four, I think it was, something <laughs> like that. So, ah, maybe not then. <laughs> Just before we sort of uh, uh, end our uh, chat, and we really do yeah. appreciate your time this evening. Um, no problem. I'm just Enjoyed curious. It. I'm just curious to know what you think of our mm. start, other than yesterday's result against Spurs. What mm-hmm. do you think the, mm-hmm. of the overall start since we've returned for the new season? It's, it's it for me, none of the mm-hmm. after lockdown uh, momentum has been attained at all. It yeah. seems to have been completely no. lost. So no, I agree. I yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I watched the um, Crystal Palace game. Yeah, it did look a bit lacklustre, I must admit. But um, you would have hoped that they would have carried on from the end of last season when I thought they were absolutely superb. Um, but there just seemed to be something missing. There wasn't quite the, you know, the pressing and everything like that that I think the manager had them doing towards the end of last season or the season only just gone, should say, because it's run into each other, isn't it? But um, 
But yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen yesterday's game, but by all accounts, they should have been two or three up um, in the first half, you know. So at the end of the day, as long as they keep creating the chances, and this is, I said the same as this towards the end of last season, as long as Southampton create the chances, they will eventually start putting them in. And, you know, thankfully, towards the end of last season, they did. Um, and, you know, and that's what you just got to hope, I think, whether they've got anything, anybody in line in the transfer market for the end. I really don't know. But um, I think they probably need some defenders, one or two maybe, um, particularly in the middle at the back. I'm not saying that because that's where I used to play. But um, I think they are a little bit short there and maybe another striker as well. But uh, what the money situation is there, I really don't know. So. Yeah, it's all a bit up in the air of that, isn't it? With new owners, yeah. no new owners. Well, it's... you don't know, do you? You know, there's talk of a takeover as well. I wasn't there how true that was. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's it, it's a little bit worrying because they don't look as good as they were five weeks ago, if you know what I mean, because, you know, mm-hmm. when the, se- the other season finished. But, you know, things can change in a short space of time, as we well, saw last year. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, it's been really an absolute privilege speaking to you this evening, Malcolm. And, ah, um, pleasure. Thank you for um, having if- me on. Well, no, and if you ever want to come back on again, I'll certainly organise it a lot better this time around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no problem, no problem. No, I've enjoyed it. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Malcolm. From Leo right. here. Yeah, uh, thank you, and, and, and enjoy your evening. And, uh, yeah, if, you're you. always welcome here. Oh, take care. Thank you very much indeed, guys. Bye-bye. That does it for this week's episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Malcolm Waldron. Thank you so much for sharing your evening with us. Uh, Sorry about the random phone call from America, but uh, thanks for picking up on the second try. Really do appreciate it. Uh, It was fascinating to talk with you about your career, both in the United States and at Saints, you know, and even maybe that place down the road just a little bit. Special thanks this week also goes out to the Saints Archive, and and not just for this week, but for everything they've done for the show. Uh, If you're not a member of the Saints Archive community over on Facebook, um, I can't recommend it enough. Sometimes, you know, we're dealing with things with the Premier League now when you talk about um, prices for watching games on TV or for streams and um, everything else that's going on. We talk about Super Leagues and everything else. And, And really... If you join the archive, you won't have to deal with any of that. You can you can go back in time a little bit. You can just reflect on some of the positive times that we've had as a club. And um, I think that is my favorite part because I've learned so much about the club and about the players um, and about the fan base who are not present on Twitter or Instagram or things like that because everybody is just a little bit different. So I can't recommend it enough. There will be more of these episodes and uh, that is down to the work of Will and Leon who do this work uh, and who make this happen. All I do is hit record and then make us sound, you know, smart um, or try at least. Um, So anyway, uh, thank you so much to them and I hope that you've enjoyed the show and uh, I'll stop rambling now. But if you want to follow the show on social media, you can do that. We are at SFCDELL underscore IVERY on both Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. You can get all those links and more at southamptondelivery.com. Shout out to our other partner, the Southampton page. You can follow them on Twitter at Southampton page and on Instagram at Southampton page one. Matt Beeling does the logo for the show and all music comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games and the end of show credits that you listen to right now is Amos True by Bonnet and Bear. 
That does it for this week. And until next time, remember that together, we march on. Says calling. <laughs> Not available to take your call at the moment. If you'd like oh. to leave your name, a short message to go with your telephone number, I will return your call as soon as I can. Thanks for calling. Bye bye. Oops. I gotta Maybe hang. he doesn't. Gotta... After you finish your message, just hang up. I'm going to hang up. Or on to him. hear more options, please press one. Oh, shoot. Maybe he didn't, because it's come through on a number he didn't recognize. Ooh, uh, okay. Just to make sure I didn't cut you off well. Okay. Um, yeah, well, that...